This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. Welcome to World Cafe. I'm Kaleo. Allison Russell seems to be friends with everyone in Nashville. And after having the chance to speak with her, I understand why. There's a passion, curiosity, and magnetism that has you hanging on every word of hers. It's the same spirit, I imagine, that blew away Brandy Carlisle, that charmed Joni Mitchell, who, by the way, Russell has had the chance to play with on several occasions now. And she's made believers and supporters of folks like Yola, Jason Isbell, and countless others. Fresh off the heels of a Grammy win, today, Russell joins me to talk about her stunning sophomore album, The Returner. It's the second in a trilogy of albums. Her first, Outside Child, chronicled her past, candidly addressing the sexual abuse she faced from her adoptive stepfather. The Returner is about the present and the feeling of survivor's joy. Our session kicks off with a track from the album. It's Allison Russell and The Returner. Goodbye, so long, farewell, all I'll be Allison Russell with the title track from her outstanding sophomore solo album, The Returner. Allison Russell is my guest today on World Cafe. My name is Kaleo. Allison, so nice to meet. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Obviously, wa- want to talk about The Returner. Um, yeah. If your debut album, Outside Child, was a meditation and reflection on the past, The Returner belongs to the present. Why was it important to write about the present. Well, you know, Khalil, I'd always conceived of this stepping into my own name and these these solo records again in name only um, as a as a trilogy. So, outside child is part one, and yes, broadly reconciling the past, the returner, part two, uh, volume two, if you will, and it is. The present. It is stealing joy from the teeth of turmoil. It is being re-embodied, reclaiming the joy of being an embodied being after a lot of trauma. You know, the other side of that is survivor's joy, is connected community, is um, really leaning into all of the what the present has to offer, not despite the pain, but even more fiercely because of it, you know? Yeah. It it feels like it's more difficult to write about the present than the past, whether it's because the past is just something that's been imprinted in, in your mind, whereas the present is much more fluid. How did you approach writing for something that was happening in the moment, so to speak? Well, you know, I struggle with time. The past is present and the future is present. Like, I feel time is not linear. And I feel that more and more and more since motherhood. I think I've always felt it to a degree because I have spent the last 20 years on the road, just in constant motion. 
And I think when you're in constant motion, uh, you have a different relationship with time. But writing for this record was so joyful because over the last two years since the release of Outside Child, this kind of rainbow coalition of the loving and the willing, my chosen towering artists who are, you know, all of them are are extraordinary writers and multi-instrumentalists and multifaceted artists in their own right, but they they also choose to moonlight with me um, in this. And writing for The Returner was really so joyful because I was celebrating them. My project, Birds of Chicago, worked with Joe Henry on a record called Real Midnight. He produced it for us. And I feel like I learned so much about what would be my approach to producing. And he taught me about the importance of casting room when you want the magic to happen. And I feel like that was, I was very joyfully casting the room for the returner. And really this community has been growing over 20 years in some cases, but definitely over the last two or two years since I stepped into doing this solo work and holding the center of the circle. Um, and it was just really joyful to to be imagining, oh, what might, you know, Monique and Shanti of Sister Strings do on this track? What might Elena Canlas do here? What might Lisa Coleman play here? You know, and then for it to to be realized was just this joyful, very much in the present moment, could never be recreated exactly the way that it was. Yeah, it sounds like a, a really special uh, environment and community around you. And we're going to get into a little bit more about recording uh, The Returner in a moment here on World Cafe. We're talking with Allison Russell. Um, you, you mentioned joy uh, a couple of times. And, uh, you know, in your, I don't want to call it a mission statement, but, you know, in the beautiful text that you wrote that accompanied with the album, you talk about leaning into joy as a form of resistance. Can you expand on that idea and why it was important to you? Well, I think that hope is a practice more than ever. Survivor's joy isn't blind joy. It isn't happy-go-lucky joy. It's joy that has that is even fiercer for having been to the depths of despair, for having lost everything and come back, for having knowing exactly what is at stake. And so joy is definitely resistance in those circumstances. And of course, in our intersectional communities, in our Black diaspora, African diaspora communities, or queer diaspora communities, joy is literally resistance because for many of us, including me, we've been told all our lives that we are less than human or not worthy to be here, perhaps, at all. And so in those circumstances, joy is very much resistance. Yeah. We're talking with Allison Russell here on World Cafe. The new album is called The Returner. Here is Stay Right Here. Allison Russell, stay right here. The new album is called The Returner. Allison is my guest. This is The World Cafe. So 
that song is a party. I mean, we've, we've been playing it on Cafe for several months now. And the first time I heard that, that kind of blew my mind, uh, particularly because of the sonics that, you know, you heard on Outside Child. You know, there are some nods in that track. Gloria Gaynor, Diana Ross. I'm even hearing a little Irene Cara as well. Did, did I it, love Irene Cara. Rest in power forever and ever. Yeah. Did it feel like you were getting into character when you were performing a song like that, which felt like such a contrast to where your solo stuff uh, started? No, not to me, you know, I mean, and it's funny, like, I love that you read that song as a party, because I think sonically it is. But lyrically, it's a little darker, you know, it's, it's very much uh, the embodiment of joyous resistance and survivors joy, it is saying, and it is it is very much written for our young ones for our, my daughter, you know, is part of the alpha generation of humanity. She's born in 2013. They're the whole next cycle of humanity on the planet. And it is, um, a daily battle and choice to maintain the practice of hope for me as her mother, when I see what is happening to our kids in this country, to kids worldwide, um, obviously to kids right now in Gaza and Israel and Sudan and Congo, um, it is, uh, you know, really, really tough sometimes to maintain the practice of hope. But I have to believe that we can continue to reduce harm for my daughter, for this whole generation of children. And they have to see us trying to do so because they feel like all the grown-ups have left the planet right now, you know. So stay right here is a choice to literally stay right here, to not heed the siren songs of apathy, oblivion, uh, bigotry. You know, it's talking about specifically resisting those things and that I must do so because I am a mother. It's something that I've encountered a lot recently where here is what on its surface seems like a happy sounding song, but there is the the message which diverges from the sonics. What do you find as an advantage to making something that, you know, might be like a great anthem or or sad song or something that is meant to elicit an emotion through the lyrics, but you have a contrasting emotion that resonates through the music? Well, to me, it feels the the most truthful and the most human, you know, like that is what, that's the kind of art I respond to. I mean, Joni Mitchell is a master of that. Stevie Wonder is a master of that. Songs in the Key of Life, go, go back and listen to the lyrics on that record. Like the record's a party, but the songs are heavy. Sorrows lost from time They keep telling of the day When the Savior of love will come to stay Tell me who of them will come to be How many of them are you At the heart of that, of these party songs There's more, there's wrestling with mortality There's many things can be true at the same time That's the human experience. That's the human condition, I think. It's never all one thing. It's never unmitigated joy. All the things are true at once. We can hold conflicting emotions together at once, and they are true. 
Yeah. Uh, in reading the liner notes, you you mentioned that your daughter requested bangers. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the challenge for my daughter was real. We were in LA. Um, my partner, JT, who's uh, one half of Dim Star with his brother, Drew Lindsay, JT, uh, my partner, JT Nero, had written a song for Tanya Tucker's new record um, that Brandy Carlisle was producing, um, a song called City of Gold. And we were in town and got to go to the studio and, and hear her record it, which was this incredible honor. And Brandy's wife, Catherine, took one for the team and was watching all the girls in the in the pool whilst we were at the studio hearing Tanya record this song. And Catherine, so the, Catherine and Brandy have two wonderful daughters, Eli, Eli and Eva, and Ida's become very close with them. They're all kind of tour tour siblings. We call them the wolf pack when they all get together, all the tour <laughs> babies. And they're wild and free and they're amazing. And so Catherine was watching them at the pool at the hotel. And at one point, Eva asked Ida where I was. And Catherine said, oh, well, you know, Ida's mama does what your mama does. They're at the studio together and, you know, they'll be back soon. And Ida interrupted Catherine and said, no, 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 my mom's not, she doesn't do what your mom does. My mom just sings sad songs about her sad past. <laughs> <laughs> she put you on blast. Child. Yeah, she did. And, and Catherine was trying not to laugh and said, oh, but Ida, you know, your mom has such a lovely voice. And Ida interrupted her again. I was like, yeah, my mom's got a nice voice, but let's face it. She even makes jingle bells sound sad. So oh, Catherine relayed this story to me and we were just dying, dying laughing, but also it it, it kind of hit home. And I was talking <laughs> to Ida later and she said, mom, why can't you ever write me bangers? Oh my God. <laughs> so kids really know how to make you want to crawl into a shell for the rest of your life. There is so something uncanny amazing. about a burn from a young person. I don't know what it yeah. is. Oh, it's the best. This is World Cafe. We are talking with Alison Russell. The new album is called The Returner. Um, you know, one of my favorite songs on the album, we're gonna get we're gonna get into a live recording of called Demons. And maybe another one of those where sounds like a lot of fun, but obviously there there's some things that that are going on in the song. And I think the obvious question is who who are the demons to you? Um, it's all of us. You know, I'm playing with a lot of things within that song on the macro level i'm playing with the idea that i embody who i am uh, walking through the world as a queer black woman a new immigrant in america all of my identities have been demonized at various points literally demonized and dehumanized yeah. and um and the for the people that demonize and dehumanize anyone else who have the, who are suffering under the delusion of some sort of supremacy, they dehumanize themselves by demonizing others and therefore demonize themselves. There is the fact that all of us um, are sometimes our own worst enemies. We're sometimes our own worst demon, the sure. voice in our own heads that tears us down or the, the self-destructive force that the inertia of maybe someone, you know, th those of us who have either demonized or dehumanize someone or been had that done to us the ways that we try to continue doing that to ourselves like there are so many layers to me of the word demon um it's also just a beautiful word to sing 
It's actually a word that just feels good to sing and say. And actually at the live shows, it's turned into a total crowd party sing-along. People yell demons back at us in the call and response. And it's so fun. And we all dance and have the best time. And it's irreverent. It's, it's you know, that song is extremely tongue-in-cheek and irreverent at the same time as being completely sincere and heartfelt. Let's take a listen. Allison Russell, demons, here's Demons. Demons, shall I can't ride on. Oh, turn around, look them in the face. They don't like how sunlight tastes. No, 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 no. Standing on the corner, waiting on the scuba. She said, I have such bad luck. I got the bad hair. It's Allison Russell with Demons. It's from her latest album, The Returner. And we're talking about it with Allison today on The Cafe. So uh, obviously, Joni Mitchell playing with her in 2022, 2023 is a highlight. And I can tell the genuine appreciation and joy you had for that experience. When you share space with someone you consider a legend, anyone considers a legend, it's hard not to want to absorb some of that energy for yourself, whether whether it be like a takeaway, a lesson, how they carry themselves. Was there anything that you witnessed that you're like, I need to be able to take that with me and incorporate it into how I act, perform, live, etc.? She is completely present. She approaches everything with this mischief and this chuckle. And I don't think I'll, she has cheated death three times. She has come back from what, you know, nobody thought she would even walk again or talk again, let alone sing and shred guitar that has all the, you know, Blake Mills and Wendy Melvoin and every guitar hero's jaw on the ground watching her shred after coming back from this aneurysm. You know, it's she's extraordinary. She is grace and grit personified and she carries it lightly. She laughs about everything. She has a wicked and body sense of humor. She is enjoying every single moment of her life and she is not caught up on anything that she has lost she is not caught up on the notes in her range that she no longer has she's not caught up on the mobility that isn't what it used to be she's savoring and loving every single moment and i want to be more like her every day that is a level of Zen that is it's it's like trying to go from white belt to black belt in a day. You can't that's something yeah. that can only be accumulated with time with years of experience. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. And survival and coming back from trauma over and over and returning. She is our lady returner. She is the embodiment of a returner. Wow. Um, we're talking with Allison Russell here on World Cafe. My name is Kaleo. The new album from Allison is called The Returner. Um, you ask an Americana artist, what is Americana? What does it mean to them? And you'll get a hundred different answers. Um, and it's profoundly important that I've found to the people who, who play that music or self-describe as an Americana artist. I'm sure you have thoughts. What, what is your feeling 
on Americana? I have so many thoughts. And I think that it is more than a genre. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a community and it's an inclusive community. And it's a community that is intentionally opening, opening the doors wide and trying to make sure that all of the voices that make up America. And when I say America, I'm talking Caribbean to Canada. I'm talking about the diasporic influences from African diaspora, indigenous diaspora, European diaspora, and every wave of immigration that continue to come to these shores and to carry story, song, influence. It is this incredible melting pot of American music, which means global music, because America is a global story. It's Allison Russell here on World Cafe. The album is called The Returner. Let's play one more song. Here's Snake Life. Allison, it was such a pleasure to to speak on The Returner and uh, best of luck in 2024. I'm sure it'll be super busy, but please keep up with us and uh, come back and visit us again soon. Okay. Thank you so much. It was wonderful talking to you. Thank you for having me on the show. You got it. We're back in a minute with more World Cafe. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR. 